Welcome to the Daily DDT Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jaden Becker. WWE Hall of Famer Road Dog Brian James hospitalized, WWE facing lack of consent trademark issues, and I take you through the top 10 WWE triple threat matches of all time. I'm Jaden Becker, and this is the Daily DDT Podcast. You can catch this podcast on all your favorite platforms for your morning drive, lunch break, or whenever you need your wrestling fix. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode, and remember, you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT Podcast. If you like content like this, check out our writers at DailyDDT.com. And if you want to hear more from me, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at TV. No wrestling yesterday, so I got to get a little bit of break of that from pro wrestling. But let's get into our breaking news. WWE Hall of Famer Road Dog Brian James hospitalized. He was hospitalized late Thursday night, likely due to suffering a heart attack, according to his wife, Tracy James. In a Facebook post, Tracy James stated, uh, I want to thank everyone for the prayers and texts. Brian most likely suffered a heart attack late Thursday night after returning from Orlando. He has had tests run, and we are currently waiting for the results. He has also seen a kidney specialist and will have a stress test done. Uh, He has always been on blood pressure meds for high blood pressure. Just please pray all the tests come back for something we can fix. An update, Tracy added, uh, just an update, doc just came in, kidneys came back clear, and a heart catheter is scheduled for Monday, and they will determine then what's to be done. Uh, We from the Daily DDT family wishes Road Dog Brian James a very, very, very speedy recovery. WWE facing lack of consent trademark issues. Last October, WWE filed a trademark for the name Sankara for the use of merchandise and to maintain ownership, uh, a character that was originally played by former WWE stars. Caristico and Hunico, WWE was issued a notice on March 26th that it needs to determine if Sankara is the name of a living individual, which in a character perspective, yes, Sankara is a living individual in a character standpoint. Uh, This would include the first name, uh, stage name, or nickname, which WWE failed to identify. The office is also requiring, requiring written consent, which can be tricky since neither of the performers work for WWE any longer. Uh, This is not the the first time WWE has dealt with lack of consent when it comes to trademark filings. Uh, numerous names, including Dominic Mysterio, Chelsea Green, Kaylee Ray, and others were flagged last month. Even, even though they're under contract, it had to be identified that they are living individuals. And earlier this month, WWE tried to trademark Dean Ambrose, and that too was denied for the same reason. Uh, the most recent update noted AEW star John Moxley had not provided consent to the WWE. We are going to get right into our top 10 list for the best triple threat matches in WWE history. But first, let us thank our sponsor, Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Manscaped has created the best ball hair trimmer ever, the Lawnmower 3.0. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. I now feel confident shaving my boys we have an exclusive offer for my listeners 20% off plus free shipping with the code fansided20 at manscaped.com that is 20% off plus free shipping with the code fansided20 all caps at checkout unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscaped now let's get into our top 10 list wwe's triple threat matches of all time are going through the greatest ones and i have a few honorable mentions that couldn't make this list but maybe they're not honorable mentions like as if they were 13 14 you know, or, or something like that. They're, they're close to the top 10. No, these are just me uh, reliving my childhood a little bit. Uh, John Cena, Triple H, Randy Orton, WrestleMania 24. 
John Cena, Edge, Big Show, WrestleMania 25, Batista, Edge, and The Undertaker at Armageddon 2007. All three of those triple threat matches molded me into the wrestling fan that I am today. And uh, I, I look back on those fondly, especially The Edge, uh, Batista, Undertaker, because that is the, the first we saw uh, Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. Uh, in uh, the WWE so uh, for them to make their way there and uh, they sort of look like Edge so they were playing a role in that match of confusing Batista and Undertaker of like what was going on and uh, as a kid that was mind-boggling like how did they get these guys that look (laughs) so familiar but no Uh, yeah obviously hilarious but um, not anywhere near a top 10 list those three matches but uh, they hold a sweet spot in my heart if I could put them at number one and I would probably laughed at but uh, they hold a soft spot in my heart of, of what it means to be a wrestling fan, and that, that's what I grew up on, so there's that. Uh, a true honorable mention, uh, Io Shirai, Rhea Ripley, and Charlotte Flair at NXT TakeOver In Your House for the NXT Women's Championship. That was a fantastic, fantastic match uh, for an NXT TakeOver In Your House, and uh, they really stole the show with that one. Uh, Io Shirai coming out on top and looking really, really, really nice. Uh, but let's get into our top 10 list. Uh, let's start off strong and start off with the match that was pretty recent. AJ Styles versus Sami Zayn versus Jeff Hardy for the Intercontinental Championship uh, in a ladder match at Clash of Champions in 2020. And as I said, starting off the list strong here with a relatively recent match. Uh, Jeff Hardy came into this match as the recognized Intercontinental Champion with Sami Zayn returning from taking a COVID-19 hiatus as the Intercontinental Champion uh, of his own right or what he believed in his own head. He was carrying around the belt of his own. Uh, The match has all the makings of being a masterpiece and it delivered. Uh, Jeff Hardy with his high-flying ability, Sami Zayn's wacky new conspiracy character and technical ability, and AJ Styles' star power took this match to absolutely new heights. Fun spots with Hardy hitting a swanton bomb from the top of the ladder onto Zayn. Hardy's uh, earlobe being handcuffed to a ladder Hardy carrying that said ladder that's attached to him to get back involved in the match uh, Zane then using a second pair of handcuffs to uh, handcuff both Styles and himself and then having the key in his mouth to unlock it for him to win the Intercontinental Championship ended up walking out with both of those belts looked really really nice and and a great visual as well of having them all all fight for that championship on those ladders uh, especially with Jeff Hardy having a ladder attached to him and not only to that but to his earlobe which I thought was absolutely nasty uh, a show stealer and it was a, a still fresh in a lot of our minds uh, this was the match that opened the show at Clash of Champions in a pay-per-view that I don't know if a lot of people hold to the highest highest regard but uh, I thought it was a pretty decent show and uh, this show I think was uh, this match was a show stealer for me to start start the night like that it started off with an absolute banger absolute banger for Clash of Champions uh, 2020 AJ Styles, Sami Zayn, Jeff Hardy at the number 10 spot. Looking at number 9, Asuka versus Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch for the SmackDown's Women's Championship at TLC 2018. Uh, this was a TLC match. This was actually the first ever women's triple threat tables, uh, ladders, and chairs match, uh, which was also the first time the that the, this championship, the SmackDown Women's Championship, was contested in the main event of a pay-per-view. A great spots throughout from a bu- brutal, brutal match. Asuka powerbombed Flair through a table early. Outside of the ring, Lynch positioned both Flair and Asuka on the broadcast table to perform a leg drop off a ladder. Uh, Flair performed a spear on Asuka through a, the barricade and then put Lynch through a table with a flip. A, really, a, a ton of big moments throughout this match. Uh, the match ended with Ronda Rousey appearing and knocking over the ladder, sending Flair and Lynch 
inch to the outside. Asuka would go on to win her first ever SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, this match was absolutely brutal, brutal for uh, a women's match, and in, in a good way in that sense, like much like how we saw the, the Thunder Rosa and, and Britt Baker. It was a brutal match, but I say that in the best way possible, how uh, they put all their bodies on the line in something that you didn't really see uh, earlier from the women's division, and now you're finally, you felt like you're finally seeing it, and especially with Asuka here getting on top and winning that championship for the first time, a huge moment for her on the main roster, and uh, very deserving in that sense for, for Asuka moving forward. Number eight, I'm going with Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania 31. Even though this match didn't start as a triple threat match, it ended as one. And oh boy, what a match it was. Uh, I talked about this match when I did my greatest Money in the Bank cash-ins list. And it deserved to be talked about again here. Uh, this match started out as a one-on-one with Roman Reigns taking on Brock Lesnar in the main event of WrestleMania 31. Uh, Seth Rollins ran down towards the back end of the match. Uh, two, he ran down to the ring with his Money in the Bank briefcase and cashed in his contract, making the singles match into a triple threat match. Uh, this was the the first time in history a Money in the Bank contract was cashed in during a match and no better place to do it than the main event of WrestleMania. Rollins capitalized with a curb stomp onto Reigns to win the title and post-match Rollins ran back up the entrance ramp and celebrated with the title belt swinging over his head as we all remember that vision of him literally whipping that title around. Uh, what a moment that was for Seth Rollins. What a moment that was so unexpected for WWE fans. This, this match would be a lot higher if well, this match might not even be on the list, fair, fair enough to say, if there wasn't that Money in the Bank cash-in. Uh, so thus turning it into a triple threat match and that surprise factor of making it into a triple threat match I think puts it on this list. It is such a special moment in recent WWE history that we all look back fondly on that uh, it definitely deserving a spot on this list. And given the fact that it, was also, it became a triple threat match, it, it deserves it. So uh, I give it all the credit there. Uh, a lot of people even say uh, that they, you know this match when they look back at it, uh, they look back at it as a triple threat match and not as a singles match because that's what it ended up becoming. And obviously, the one that walked out of WrestleMania as the champion was the one that got involved late, thus being Seth Rollins. So big moment there for the WWE at WrestleMania 31, a highly acclaimed moment and definitely deserving a spot on this list. We're not going to see, uh, we, we are going to see Brock Lesnar a little bit later on this list uh, in, a, in a way more deserving spot as well in a, a triple threat match that was booked as a triple threat match, not a singles match to start. At number 7, CM Punk versus The Miz versus Alberto Del Rio in a TLC match for the WWE Championship at TLC 2011. Another TLC entry onto this list, but this match is very, very deserving. Uh, this match came to uh, a peak when CM Punk was handcuffed to the middle rope with The Miz and Del Rio battling. Uh, CM Punk undoes the turnbuckle and the rope to free himself. He was attached to that second rope and he had to to, to uh, twist off the, the the silver backing of the turnbuckle to literally rip the the rope from uh, uh, off the ring post, uh, which was a really, really nice visual. And another visual as well that was great uh, with all three men who were at the time in the ma pretty much the mainstays of the WWE in 2011 in Punk, Miz, Del Rio. Uh, at, at 2011, those were the top guys, if you will, outside the Cena's of the world. Uh, th those were some of the, the bigger names that they're 
pushing and promoting. Uh, they were all there grabbing for that WWE Championship. I thought that was a really, really nice look and uh, battling at top of that ladder. Uh, CM Punk would pick up the win in his first pay-per-view title defense since regaining the WWE Championship from Del Rio at Survivor Series. Really fun match. I think this one is, is a sneaky good one because uh, even though the name value besides CM Punk isn't really as there as we go through the rest of this list and also because it is a, a TLC match, I feel like some people might devalue it because all the big spots make it uh they make it feel like it's it's a little bit uh inflated i think this match still holds up uh, compared to a lot of other matches on this list at number six this one might be surprising to you given that where it is put on this list but i'm gonna i'm gonna put it here because i'm i'm comfortable with this spot randy orton versus batista versus daniel bryan for the wwe world heavyweight championship at WrestleMania 30, a moment we shall not forget, the miracle on Bourbon Street, uh, Randy Orton the champion, Batista the unwanted Royal Rumble winner, and Daniel Bryan winning his way into the match in more ways than one, and uh, as in storyline sense, he beat Triple H at the start of WrestleMania and to be entered into this match. Uh, I say more ways than one because the yes movement brought up by, da by Daniel Bryan and the fans who wanted nothing more to see him uh, in the main event of WrestleMania. Uh, they finally got their wish, and WWE finally giving the fans what they want. But they did tease the fans throughout the match, with Bryan uh, put up a very valiant effort just to be double-teamed and thrown out the ring multiple times. This came to a head when uh, Orton measured uh, Batista for a punk kick, but instead uh, he received uh, Daniel Bryan's uh, running knees. But Batista would then throw out Bryan from the ring, and then to be covered... Uh, to, to cover Orton himself and with the smug look on Batista's face because we've seen that ending so many times. How many times have we seen that ending where uh, the, the, the guy that you want to win gets thrown out the ring after he performs his finishing move and the, the guy with the sly look on his face goes pins the man that you just put the, the finishing maneuver in. But thankfully Orton kicked out. But that was a good nod to the fans I think in a way like, oh we could end it this way but we're not going to because we, we have some sense of respect for you. At least we hope so. Uh, Brian would pick up the career-defining win, trapping Batista in the yes lock, ending the night in confetti and pyro with Brian finally standing tall under a raucous Mercedes-Benz Superdome crowd. And what a moment it was. I remember watching that one on pay-per-view. And it just... The emotions from not only myself, but all the fans watching in attendance and, and anyone to feel to, to even if you were, let's say this, you're a very casual fan and you turned on WrestleMania for the first time and your, your friend invited you over just to watch it and you watch the first match and you see Daniel Bryan beat Triple H and you might be familiar with Triple H because he's such a world renowned name. So you see Daniel Bryan pick up the win there and he's like, oh, I'm excited to see him in the main event now because I didn't, I didn't know he was going to be in the main event. So you see him in the main event. Event, and then he goes on to win it all you automatically put a, a emotional moment in someone's heart because even let's say you just started watching wrestling for the four and a half hours that wrestlemania is it told you a full story right there of, a, of an underdog story fighting their way back onto the the pinnacle of what professional wrestling is and also a great moment to show that this is professional wrestling is all about the fans and that's why you we might argue that professional wrestling is struggling so much right now because we don't have the fans there giving that such joyful reaction when we see moments like this with Daniel Bryan standing on top of the world holding on to the WWE World Heavyweight Championship we're gonna get into the top five of this list but you're gonna have to stick around after the break so stick with us right here on the daily DDT podcast 
On this day in pro wrestling history, on March 28, 1999, WWF presented WrestleMania 15 from the first Union Center in Philadelphia, best known for The Undertaker hanging Big Boss Man after a Hell in a Cell match, also known for Stone Cold Steve Austin defeating The Rock in a no disqualifications match to win the WWF Championship. Also another WrestleMania on this day, on March 28, 2010, WWE presented WrestleMania 26 from the University of Phoenix Stadium in Glendale, Arizona. This was the first time since WrestleMania 6 that a championship match did not close. The show, excuse me, the first time since WrestleMania 11. Let me get that right. My Roman numerals might be a little bit off here. And also, uh, one of the WrestleManias of my childhood that I think this was probably my third or fourth WrestleMania that I ever seen. And uh, there's a WrestleMania that you know, brought me joy as a kid in watching The Undertaker, seeing that full story from WrestleMania 25 to 26. Uh, going through some of this card here, I'm going to go a little bit more in depth because I remember most of it actually watching it as a kid. Jack Swagger defeating Christian Dolph Ziggler, Kane, Shelton Benjamin, MVP, Matt Hardy, Evan Bourne, Drew McIntyre, Kofi Kingston in a fantastic Money in the Bank ladder match. Uh, look at all those names in that ladder match. Uh, they really used to stack the card there. And uh, look at all those names and where they've become now. You know, Kane, a Hall of Famer, Shelton Benjamin, uh, coming back, MVP coming back, Matt Hardy doing his thing in AEW, same thing with Evan Bourne as Matt Seidel, and uh, you know Christian AEW, Dolph Ziggler, the current SmackDown Tag Teams Champions, and not to mention uh, Drew McIntyre and Kofi Kingston, uh, two uh, stars that, find their, that found their way to the top of the WWE ladder uh, at some point down the line, even if it wasn't then, they found it now as former WWE champions. Triple H defeating Sheamus in a solid match, Rey Mysterio defeating CM Punk in a match that would have forced Mysterio to join the Straight Edge Society, if you remember that. I remember that as a kid. Chris Jericho defeating Edge to retain the World Heavyweight Championship, John Cena defeating Batista uh, to win the WWE Championship, and of course, the match to end the night, John, uh, excuse me, The Undertaker defeating Shawn Michaels in a no-disqualification, no-countout match, uh, it was a streak versus career match. If The Undertaker lost, it would be the end of the streak. And if Shawn Michaels lost, uh, it would be the end of his career. And Shawn Michaels was forced to retire after the end of this match. Even though he did come back in Saudi and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, we all know the full story. But <laughs> I, I, won't, I won't remind you of that. Uh, looking at the top five now of WWE's uh, greatest triple threat matches of all time. Number five, I'm going with Charlotte versus Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks for the WWE Women's Championship at WrestleMania 32. This was pretty much the start of the women's evolution, uh, and I need some love on this list, especially in, with this match being such a defining factor of it. Originally promoted as being Charlotte's uh, WWE's Divas Championship, but the match would then be uh, instead determined to find the new WWE Women's Champion as the Divas title will be or would have been then uh, retired. The ending saw Lynch uh, have a Fisherman suplex from the top rope on Charlotte, who rolled to the floor. Banks then applied the bank statement on Lynch. You know, all these big moments going back and forth, back and forth. And Charlotte finally applying that figure eight leg lock on Lynch, while Ric Flair, uh, her, her uh, you know, the manager at the time, but also her real-life father, uh, putting... Uh, Banks on the sideline so she wouldn't be able to intervene. Lynch submitted, giving the win 
and the WWE Women's title to Charlotte. A little bit of a, a moment there that some people do get rubbed wrong by with uh, Ric Flair helping Charlotte Flair win. A lot of people would have liked to have seen Charlotte Flair do it herself because you're, you're finally defining the WWE Women's Championship. And uh, for a man to help a woman win there, some people are rubbed wrong by it. I think it's a little bit different given that it's Ric Flair and he's like the dirtiest player in the game. And it is, it's not just some random guy. It's Ric Flair and it's, it's her father for Pete's sake. So uh, I feel like it was a fitting person to do it. If anybody was going to do it in a heel sense, uh, it was going to be Ric Flair and it was going to be Charlotte Flair to hold that first ever WWE Women's title in the second iteration of it, <laughs> if you will, in... Um, the, now in the women's evolution. Looking at number four, Edge versus Triple H versus Jeff Hardy for the WWE Championship at Armageddon 2008. I know this holds a special place to a lot of people's hearts, especially a lot of Jeff Hardy fans. A match in my childhood that actually makes this list. Uh, finally, uh, an Armageddon as well, which was also one of my favorite pay-per-views because of the set that they had for Armageddon. Uh, I really appreciated that. This was also the final Armageddon ever made by WWE. Edge entered this match as the WWE champion. Uh, Edge and Triple H were willing to take a beating from uh, Hardy throughout. Great spots with Edge diving, uh, excuse me, driving Hardy through the announce table along with some great pin breakups. Uh, people are sometimes put off because of Vladimir Kozlov involvement, but I think this was a good way to get Matt Hardy involved in Jeff Hardy's big moment as well. Uh, Hardy wins after breaking up a pinfall with a Swanton bomb onto Edge and to pin Edge to win his first and only WWE Championship. The night capped off with Edge climbing the Armageddon set that I just mentioned to praise the crowd, if you will. And uh, that that's a moment that stick in the minds of a lot of people when they think about Jeff Hardy holding that WWE Championship and climbing atop that set because it that was such an iconic moment for him. He always climbed those sets to, to, to do moves, but he climbed that set to praise the fans, which is a big moment to a lot of people and a huge moment for Jeff Hardy. Edge and Triple H work their behind off to make sure Jeff Hardy looked as great as possible. Even though he was a smaller figure in this match, he definitely seemed like the dominant force. At number three, this was the Brock Lesnar match I was talking about. Brock Lesnar versus John Cena versus Seth Rollins for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship at Royal Rumble 2015. The triple threat match that got Lesnar to WrestleMania 31 as a champion. Lesnar with the huge crowd support, and along with Seth Rollins as well, with large boos whenever Cena got any offense involved. Uh, pretty much that, that was just the case for John Cena then, and uh, I wonder how it would be now uh, if we had fans uh, there in attendance and if he was wrestling now. Uh, Lesnar looking like the beast himself, kicking out after three attitude adjustments and a curb stomp. Uh, Lesnar driving through the announce table in the barricade, and this was the perfect build, having the crowd think it's going to be a one-on-one -on -one between Cena and Rollins as a stretcher is brought out for Brock Lesnar until the very end when Lesnar breaks up a pinfall and connects with an F5 to Rollins to win. A perfect way for payback to come later at WrestleMania 31. So not only was this match absolutely fantastic because it told a full story throughout from beginning to end with Brock Lesnar so dominant in the beginning, him being neutralized and almost taken out completely from the equation, allowing Rollins and Cena to go at it one-on-one, -on -one, and then for him to finally come back into the action in the last possible moment, connect with that F5, and then go on to WrestleMania as the champion to face Roman Reigns, who was the winner of the Royal Rumble that year, just to Seth Rollins, the man that he pinned at Royal Rumble, to come back and get his comeuppance by winning the WWE Championship from uh, Lesnar and Roman Reigns in that match, uh, which we talked about a little bit earlier that also made this list, but a fantastic triple threat match at Royal Rumble 2015. At number two, The Undertaker versus The Rock versus Kurt Angle at Vengeance 
2002. This is for the undisputed WWE Championship. A great build-up to this match that made this so special. The rare moment of The Undertaker tapping out to the to Kurt Angle's ankle lock on an episode of Raw. The Rock interfering in The Undertaker's match versus Triple H at King of the Ring. Bringing all three of these men together at a time where these three men were undoubtedly at the top of WWE. The Rock uh, ended up using the choke slam and the ankle lock. Kurt Angle using the Rock bottom. Undertaker use, using the Angle slam. So everybody's move steps getting uh, twisted and involved in this match. The end of the match saw a finisher that wasn't just uh, enough to keep uh, these charismatic stars down. Last ride, ankle lock, and finally a huge rock bottom line the rock to win the WWF championship just before The Undertaker could break up the pin. So The Rock coming out on top. What made this match so special is the amount of star power and crowd engagement. Fans were on the edge of their seats, popping out their every move, every moment, every spot. It's exactly what you think a fantasy match would look like with all three of these guys in the ring. Because, you know, we talk about these are three Hall of Famers, obviously, Undertaker, The Rock, Kurt Angle, and... You look at these guys and what they were able to do in the ring, and you think back like, oh, I can only imagine it because this is a match at Vengeance 2002. Now a lot of people remember it. People look back like, oh, I wonder what it would be like if these three win a triple threat match, and it actually happened, and it was fantastic because it's exactly what you would want from that type of match. Uh, finishers to be powerful and strong, but at the same time, they're able to uh, use their charismatic selves and the beyond life uh, uh attitude, if you will, beyond life uh, presence in the ring uh, to be able to kick out of these powerful moves and it was absolutely fantastic. It was like watching a video game, honestly, if you look back at this match. It's kind of like watching a simulation video game of, of all the epic moments that these guys can do and they actually did it in this match. Going to number one, Triple H versus Strawn Michaels versus Chris Benoit at WrestleMania 20. The forgotten WrestleMania match, the first time in WrestleMania history a triple threat match decided the World Heavyweight Championship. Similar to number 10 on this list, the individuals in this match had everything you want in a triple threat match. The high flying ability of Shawn Michaels, the technical skills of Benoit, and the star power of the champion Triple H. In this case, however, Triple H and Shawn Michaels' feud had reached a boiling point along with Chris Benoit taking a place in this match after uh, his victory at the Royal Rumble that year. Uh, Michaels and Triple H bleeding like a pig throughout this match and Michaels and Triple H putting their differences aside throughout uh, to neutralize uh, Benoit, suplex him, suplexing him through an announce table, allowing Michaels and Triple H to have their blowout brawl one-on-one -on, -one on the grandest stage of them all, WrestleMania. But Benoit makes his return, ducking switch in music and locking the crossface on Triple H to make him tap out to win the WWE World Heavyweight Championship on the grandest stage of them all, a moment that will forever be lost to a tragic history. Uh, I, I, personally, I haven't gone back and watched a lot of Chris Benoit's matches because I grew up in a time of wrestling where Chris Benoit's name and his likeness and his, 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 his whole identity was completely wiped away from history. Now, as I get older, I'm watching a lot more of Chris Benoit's matches, uh, especially after the Dark Side of the Ring documentary came out and you, as a person finally hearing the full story or the story that was told by Vice and uh, hearing it from beginning to end, going back and watching his matches and what he was able to accomplish in the ring, uh, you, you look at his talent, what he was able to do. It's just, it, it, it's, I wouldn't say it's mind boggling, but I, I say it's how someone that accomplished so much in professional wrestling history, it, the ability to wipe it all away, and, and rightfully so, 
rightfully so to wipe wipe it all away. But uh, I find it amazing how I wasn't as a kid. I I I knew what happened, but I, I sort of internalized it as maybe this is it's like it's the forbidden thing that I shouldn't be looking at, and I never really did as a kid. And now as I get older, uh, I'm learning more about what Chris Benoit was able to do in that ring and uh, what an amazing talent he was in the ring. I think it, it's undeniable to say, to not say that, like you, you, to say that Chris Benoit wasn't a great talent in the ring, you're calling, it's crazy, but it also has to come with the recognition of what he did uh, back in 2007. It, it, you have to, it goes hand in hand with that. You can't say one without the other, which I think it's rightful, rightfully so, and something rightfully you have to say, but I feel like this is something also I have to say because I'm putting him at number one on this list, but this match is undoubtedly one of the greatest, if not the greatest, and I'm saying it's the greatest triple threat match of all time. It's just been wiped away from history, and I, I recommend you go back and watch it, but every time I watch a Benoit match as well, it, it, it's always something in the back of my head, like he. He did something that's unforgivable, and uh, I feel like if you feel that same way, let me know because uh, I, I don't want to feel alone in that conversation. But I think that might be something that everyone can agree with. But I put it at him at number one on this list. Uh, I highly recommend you go back and watch a few of these matches as well. Uh, the one I put at number one here with uh, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and Benoit. Uh, the Undertaker Rock Kurt Angle match. You definitely have to go back and watch because Vengeance 2002. It's not like it's on a SummerSlam or anything like that. It's on a Vengeance, so uh, people people probably don't remember it, but it's. It's really a fantasy type match where you put all these guys together in one pot and they put on a great show. And also, uh, the, if Jeff Hardy's uh, championship in 2008 holds a special place in my heart and a lot of people's hearts who are growing up through that time as well. That's all for me. Remember to get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDE20 at manscaped.com. That is 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code FANSIDE20 at checkout. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. You can catch this podcast on all your favorite providers. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And remember, you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT Podcast. If you like content like this, check out our writers at dailyddt.com. And if you want to hear more from me, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at JadenBeckerTV. I'll see you tomorrow with another episode of the Daily DDT Podcast.